This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. All the sinners woke up. Just kidding. Oh, because this is the service my family comes to. All right, let's all stand up, please. As we recite together the Apostles' Creed, this is our statement of faith and what we believe here at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, uh, this morning, this is the time in our service where we like to pause and take our tithes and our offerings. And um, while we don't pass through the baskets, the buckets anymore, uh, something COVID went away with, which by the way, another thing last year made awful is people who struggle with seasonal allergies like myself, you just sneezing and this and that, right? And you like you just get in that eyeball, like they're just not sure. I like I swear it's hay fever. Yeah, sure, buddy. Um, anyway, so because we're not passing the baskets, uh, we are encouraging people to give online. And so you can go to celebrationchurch.tv/give. You can give online that way. If you're watching online, it's a great way to give. Uh, you can also download the Celebration Church app, give through there. And then if you are uh, here in person today and you have a check. You know, you got some of those people, that's just the way you do it. And then we do have, uh, as you head out the building here, the auditorium, we'll have, the ushers will be there and they'll have the buckets. You can put your cash and checks in there. Uh, all right, well, this morning, uh, my father, our senior pastor, Mark Gunger, is, actually, maybe he just landed a little bit ago, but he had a military event in Alaska and difficult to get back and uh, took the red eye over so he's probably somewhere in a zombie-like state, which uh, would be interesting actually probably to see him try and preach in that state. <laughs> but he figured best probably not to do that. And so uh, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, many of you may remember him. Uh, he's been here, did our Holy Spirit service with us, been here before. And, um, you know, we've done some uh, Lenten things and then Ash Wednesday because we got to bring in the bishops, right? And so today, would you please put your hands together for Bishop Sean Yost. Well, it is uh, so good to be back with you guys again. It's starting to feel like home here. 
I've been here a few times, and uh, the last time I was here, uh, uh, well, we were here for Deanna's birthday, but the last time I was here for church, uh, we, Bar my wife Barbara and I were just celebrating our 30-year anniversary, and we spent it up in Door County. And it was so amazing, Barb has become like an evangelist for Door County now. I, I'm sorry, you're gonna have a lot of people from Florida coming this way, uh, because she is telling everybody, I mean, we'll be planning a trip back up here soon, so just love it up here. And uh, Barb and I have three grown kids. Uh, two of them are married, one is still in college. I have one grandchild and one due in just a couple of weeks, so we're very excited about that. But it's such a privilege to be here with you, and I wanna give honor to Pastor Mark and Deanna. This, they are such a blessing to us. And I wanna say thank you to you uh, also for sharing them with, with the world, really. Uh, they love being here, they love pastoring this church, but they really are a gift. I mean, that, that, that ministry, Laugh Your Way, and what Mark is doing with the flag page of the military, he came and did some training for our staff. I mean, we're gonna, we're probably, we, he and I actually had a trip planned to go to Uganda. Uh, there's an orphanage there in Uganda uh, that has, it's called a coal refuge. And uh, in the city they are in, Masaka, they have become the number two employer in the whole area. It's not only an orphanage now, they have a project where they rescue women out of human trafficking. They have Bible schools they've established there. They have uh, over 300 employees. And Mark and I were gonna go over, and Mark was actually gonna do some training for their staff. And literally, uh, you, and by your generosity and being flexible, it's really a gift to the world, and I really appreciate that. Mark is such a blessing to us and Deanna, and just thank you for them. I appreciate being here, too. Do you guys know what good music you have? I mean, really, when you, when you experience something all the time, you may not realize, you can get so used to it, you just expect it. You may not realize how great that is. They sounded so good. And uh, they really, really anointed worship. But also credit to, this, to the sound team, the tech team too, because if you uh, don't have a good tech team mixing that right, the harmonies don't sound quite as good. And I mean, the, they did great. The only time they ever get noticed is when they mess up. Well, today we're noticing you and it was good. So thank you guys. I wanna spend a few minutes talking to you today about training your minds for godliness. That may not seem like the most exciting topic, but right now I believe it's necessary and important for us because we live in a time when we consume more information at such a rapid rate, different than any other generation. Our minds are bombarded with information all the time on our phones, on the TV, on the radios, you know, on, on billboards, even, even billboards that are now like moving billboards. They have like movie screen billboards now. I mean, it's information all the time telling us what to think and how to act and what's right and what's not right, what, how to smell, how to dress, what to drive and all these things. We're just, we're consuming information so fast and we get world news all the time, 24 hours a day, and then we're expected to process all that, assimilate it, and then respond to it. We need to know how to think. We need to know how to train our minds for godliness, because if we don't, we'll be reacting to everything else. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter four. And Paul is writing this letter from prison to this church that, that he loves so much and he cares so much about. He's writing this letter to encourage them right? And uh, this is at a time when Nero is emperor. And he's brutal. He's persecuting Christians, executing Christians. Paul doesn't know exactly what's awaiting him. Execution, persecution, he doesn't quite know, but he's in prison and he's writing this letter. And so he could, his mind could be at a lot of places, right? He could feel a little discouraged. 
And here's some of Paul's final thoughts to this church in Philippi. Philippians chapter four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. When your mind is being bombarded with all this other information, when your circumstances are not looking so favorable, when the world is telling you everything is going crazy, think about these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. And then he says, and, and, and practice these things. And the peace, God of peace will be with you. This is what Paul says for us to do. We can train our minds. We don't have to just react to all the information. We can train our minds to think a certain way. In fact, Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Some translations say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the way this world thinks. Do not be conformed to the latest philosophy and the new things. That, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You can renew your mind. In fact, a lot has been written in recent times medical publications and scientific publications, a lot has been written about the neuroplasticity of the brain. In a nutshell, it's the brain's ability to learn and adapt. Until recently, experts believed that our brains were fixed by the end of adolescence, early adulthood. And that for a long time we thought that as, as humans we were born with a, you know, a lot of neurons and synapses and connections, but as we get older, they begin to die off. But now we have learned, we know scientifically and medically that that is not true. We can actually, our, our brain can, can continues to grow. We can change and further develop our brains. We've learned that we can actually renew our mind. The Bible was right. And now science and medical technology is actually proven this. You see, whenever, here's basically how this works, this, the, the, neural pathways in your mind. When you have an experience, you have a thought, you're creating these neural pathways, these pathways of thinking. It starts as soon as you're born, when, as, as an infant. When a little infant looks at, at her mom and, and the baby smiles and the mom smiles and does her, the baby learns smiling is good. And as they get older, they touch the hot stove and the hot stove hurts and this neural pathway is created that hot stove is bad. Right, So every, every time we think a thought, when we have an experience and we react to it, it's creating a neural pathway. When you can see these in the brain and they actually, it's like, a, it's like a mental trail, a mental map of your experiences and your thoughts. And then what happens is we continue to go back down that and they get ground deeper and deeper and deeper into our minds. So now the Bible is, is telling us we can renew our minds and science and medical technology is proving that that is actually true. You can create new neural pathways. 
as you get older and you get into your adult life and you're, you're growing up, maybe people said stuff to you, maybe words were spoken over you and you had an emotional reaction to that and you started to think that and believe that about yourself. Or it can be through traumatic experiences. Some, something happens to you, some trauma in your life and that, that will create this experience that creates a neural pathway in your mind. Barbara and I, my wife and I, we were teaching at Youth With A Mission. Uh, they have a base in Jacksonville, their discipleship training school. And we were teaching there one semester and this young lady came up to us to ask us to pray with her. And um, she said that she had a real struggle in her identity because somewhere along the way, some boyfriend told her that she smelled bad that she stinks, and they and actually created a little nickname that rhymed with that, stinky whatever. And this got so ingrained in her that she was compulsive now as an adult about taking showers all day long and, and putting lotion on and cream and perfume and trying to make everything smell good because she had believed this and it becomes such a thing in her life that she couldn't get free of it. It created this neural pathway that she then believed and now it's affecting her life and her relationships. And this is why we need to renew our mind. For me, I'll give you an example from my own life. Some things happened in my life, a series of events, a series of traumatic events when I was young that gave me this idea, this feeling, this impression that I was disposable, that I was discardable. And so as I, as I grew, I worked really hard to not disappoint anybody. I didn't want to disappoint anybody. I didn't want to let anybody down. But the reason why I was doing that is I believed that I was a disappointment. That was the underlying message. Because I was a disappointment, I was disposable. I was discardable. And then that affected my relationships in an unhealthy way. And it took some time for me to, to recognize that and to acknowledge that. That was a neural pathway of thinking about myself that was untrue. It was a lie. It was wrong. What are the things right now in your life? What are the patterns of thinking in your life that are wrong? See, a pattern of thinking becomes a pattern of behavior. And we can renew our minds. So what we have to do is retrain our brain. We have to understand there is literally a battle going on. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us there is a spiritual war. There's a battle going on for our identity. And most often the battle is in our mind. That's where the battle takes place. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For our weapons, our weapons are not of the flesh, but they do have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy every argument, every lofty opinion or thought that's raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We don't have to just continue to go down that wrong path of thinking. We can take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. And that's what he says, that we have, we have weapons. What are our weapons? Our words. Our words, but our weapons, the weapons that have divine power are God's word, not just our word, our words, but God's word. That's the truth. That's our weapon. The weapons of our warfare are the truth of God's word. And strongholds are mental habit patterns of thought. Some call them flesh patterns. And these strongholds 
our memory traces burned into our minds over time, or as I said, by a traumatic experience. And it is impossible to consistently perform in life in a manner inconsistent with what you really believe about yourself. That's why for me, it was important to address this feeling of being a disappointment and discardable. Because though I could get up and I could be confident in a moment, it's impossible to consistently perform that way when I really underneath it believe I'm a disappointment, eventually that's going to come out. And so as you get into relationships like that, so that's why it's so important because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. This is why it's important to focus and train our thoughts. What comes into our mind comes out in our life. You can't have a positive life with negative thoughts. We can train our minds, training, like physical training. And physical training isn't just about going to the gym. That's what you do. You know, if you go to the gym and work out, but you continue to eat garbage, you're not gonna get the full benefit of going to the gym, right? It's about what you put in and about what you do. That's training. You guys remember the movie uh, Karate Kid with Mr. Miyagi and Danielson? Anybody remember that or are y'all too young? That, that movie was so great. Yeah, that's right. Wax on, wax off, right? And he's like, I wanna learn karate. Mr. Miyagi, teach me karate. Okay, wax my car. How is this? I wanna learn karate, Mr. Miyagi. Okay, paint my fence. Paint the fence, paint the fence. How am I? What he didn't realize is he was learning muscle memory, right? That's what training is. So training our brains, it's like we got a, it's muscle memory. We have to retrain our brains. But it's not just about what we do, it's also about what goes into it. There was another movie that I love. I love, I love movies, most people do. Uh, there was a movie that came out about um, the famous mathematician, John Nash. He won a Nobel Prize for his theory of equilibrium. And the movie stars Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe plays this guy, John Nash, this mathematician, true story. This guy was brilliant, but he struggled with mental illness. And his specific mental illness was schizophrenia. And so he, he really hits rock bottom in his life, but he gets some help and he begins to work his way out of that and get back to a healthy place, continues to teach at this university. Meanwhile, his theory of equilibrium has really revolutionized economics, and so they wanna give him uh, the Nobel Prize. And they come to meet him at the university to tell him this. And they're asking him some questions. He goes, why are you here? This is not how this process works. Why are you telling me this? Is it because you're worried that I'm still crazy? That you might put me on the stage and I'll run around and cluck like a chicken and embarrass the whole process? And they go, well, yes, actually, that is, that's, yes, that's true. He says, well, the truth is, I am still crazy. I do still struggle with those delusions. But then he says this, this is the point I wanna make. Then he says this, but like a diet of the mind, I choose not to engage. A diet of the mind. So what he learned is that when these delusions would happen and he would engage them, they would get stronger and stronger until they dominated his life. So he had learned to minimize their impact by not engaging them. And the way that he would do that is when he was talking to someone, let's say I'm having a conversation with Becky and Ken comes in, but I've never met Ken before. And Ken comes in and he says, hey, Pastor Sean, I'm Ken, I'm your security guy. And I, before I start talking to Ken, I'll say, Becky, do you see Ken? Yes, I see Ken, he's our security guy. Oh, hi, Ken, nice to meet you. Or she goes, uh, no, Sean, there's nobody there. Then I know not to talk to that guy. That's what he did. 
That's what he was saying he did. He would not engage it that way. He learned like a diet of the mind. Here's the point I'm trying to make, a diet of the mind. What do you choose to engage? What are you choosing to think about? You have control of that. That's why Paul says, think about these things. You choose what you think about. Those thoughts are gonna come. They're gonna come to you, they're gonna come at you, but you get to choose what to think about. The wrong thoughts, you take captive, you make them obedient to Christ, and you train your mind to think about these things. This is what Paul is saying. It's like a diet of the mind. Here's another way he says it. Another translation uh, reads this way. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. I like this translation because so many people fixate on the wrong things. We, get, we fixate on what, we get a pain in our side or in our head and all of a sudden we fixate on it's the worst thing ever that could happen. Or, or you get a bill in the mail and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're worried, you fixate on that one thing or somebody said something in a way you didn't like and, or you didn't understand and you kind of fixate on that one thing. And Paul's like, if you're gonna fixate on anything, fixate on this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is what Paul says. This is the choice we make. In the New King James, it says, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditation is a discipline of the mind. It's to engage in a mental exercise to focus your thoughts. You can focus your thoughts. Back to the Karate Kid. Did anybody see the remake of the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan? Well, I'm not a hater. Some people are haters. They only like to OG. Oh, it's not OG. It's not. I, I like both. Can we have both and, and like both? I like both. I like Jackie Chan. And when he's training Dre, right? He's, doing, he's not doing the wax on. He's doing like the hanging the jacket or whatever. And uh, he says, you, you need to focus. And Dre says, I am focusing. He says, your focus needs more focus. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm trying it. My focus needs more focus. This is what meditation is. It's focusing our thoughts. David said, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. That's a mental exercise. I meditate. I think about your precepts. I consider your ways. Not on the latest news coming at me about what's happening with the global pandemic or the war in Afghanistan. I need to know those things, but I'm not going to meditate on those things. Meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. In Psalm 143, he says it this way, I meditate on all you have done. Instead of worrying about my past failures, instead of worrying about all the things I've struggled with, instead of worrying about what I've done, I meditate on what you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. A lot of people don't like the idea of meditation because of what they know of Eastern meditation, which is all about emptying your mind. And actually, I understand that impulse because we need to get rid of the distractions and the anxieties. But Christian meditation is different. It's not about emptying your mind. It's about filling your mind with God's truth. That's what we see right here. That's what David is saying. I do, yes, meditate. I meditate on your word. You see it in Joshua as well. God tells Joshua, meditate on this. Don't let it depart from you. But day and night, meditate. Think about this. Think about these things. It's training our minds to focus. Because our minds can easily wander off into different, maybe your mind's wandering even right now. Come back to me. Your mind's drifting. 
My mind could do that easily. That's why I gotta sit on the front row. It's not because I'm the guest speaker. It's because if I sit back there, I'll start watching what all y'all are doing and I'll, my mind will be wandering. I gotta get up here up close. Our minds can drift, our minds can wander, but we need to train our mind towards truth. Think about what is true. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. But a lot of us aren't free. They're not thinking about the truth. We're thinking about something else. They're struggling with something else. Here's what I'd like you to do today, maybe this afternoon or tomorrow when you do your devotions, and I really want you to take this serious. Hear me as a friend, as a pastor, as a bishop, and, and take this as an exercise. It won't take you long. But I want you to write down what mindset is holding you hostage. What stronghold is holding you back, some way of thinking? It's gonna take some honesty on your part because a lot of us, we don't, wanna, we don't wanna deal with it. We would try to deny it. We try to escape it. We don't wanna feel what we're feeling or think what we're thinking. We don't wanna understand where it's really coming from. It took some time to identify this thing in me about feeling disposable. I didn't just, it took some time to work through that and understand that about myself. And it's necessary so that then I can replace it with the truth of God's word. If I don't know what target I'm shooting at, I'll never get it, right? So write down, what is it that's holding you back? I'll give you some examples. Maybe you grew up in a family that always had financial problems, and so you think, I'll never be out of debt. I'll always live this way. Maybe you've always struggled with your health, and so you just automatically assume it's always gonna be this way. I've always had health problems. I'll always have health problems. It's, it's a neural pathway that you easily, easily go to. Maybe you've struggled with some addiction and you just think you can't ever overcome that addiction. Maybe no matter what you've done, you've never felt close to God. And so you just think, oh, I never feel close to God. God's far away. I try to go to church and try to do this thing and I'll never feel close to God. Maybe you're single and you don't wanna be and you just think you'll never be married. I, I, I don't wanna, maybe something different. Those are just examples. What mindset is holding you hostage? What stronghold is holding you back? And then what truth of God's word, remember Paul says it destroys strongholds, it demolishes strongholds. What truth of God's word can demolish that stronghold? And then here's what I want you to do. Once you have identified that area, then you write down the truth of God's word that demolishes that stronghold. Then you think about it, you confess it until you believe it. You write it down, you think about it, you confess it, until you believe it. You write it down in your journal, you put it on your mirror, whatever it is, write it down, write down the truth of God's word, speak it over your life, speak it over yourself, think about it, meditate on it until you really believe it. Because you don't really believe something until it changes the way you behave. You might know it, but knowing it and believing it aren't the same thing. Until you believe it, until it changes the way you behave, you don't really truly believe it. Here's some other examples. People have come to me as a pastor and they say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I wish I knew God's will, but I don't know what God's will is for my life. Maybe you have felt like that. So you, you go to the, the Bible, you find what is the truth and you write a statement, maybe like this. My life belongs to God. Daily, I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me into his perfect will. I'm gonna write that down. If I struggle with knowing God's will, I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna speak that. I'm gonna think about that until I believe it. Maybe you've dealt with feelings of insecurity. 
So you go to God's word, you write down the truth, you think about it, you confess it like this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives in me. That's the truth and I can do everything he calls me to do. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna think about it. When those insecure thoughts come, instead of engaging them, I'm gonna create a new neural pathway. Instead of going back down that old pathway, I'm gonna create a new one. We're renewing our minds. I'm gonna write this down, I'm gonna speak it, I'm gonna think about it until I believe it. Maybe you have dealing some addiction, you deal with some addiction, and there's a reason why people deal with addictions. There's underlying reasons why. Sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's anxiety, stress, a feeling of powerlessness. You may not even know that's what you feel, but you turn to comfort from some other place because you got this feeling of powerlessness. So I'm gonna pick one here, but you can pick whatever it might be. Let's say somebody constantly turns to food for comfort. Every time they get stressed out, they, and that's a fun one, right? We all talk about comfort food. People make a lot of money on that, right? Comfort food, and so uh, I feel stressed out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna comfort food. You know, this morning I was in the, you know, where they have the, the serve team rally and the prayer time, and there were some donuts in there and I was feeling a little anxious. Oh, I, need, I need one of those chocolate donuts, you know, <laughs> maybe two or three, <laughs> some comfort food. I don't know what it is for you. So here's the, we look at the truth of God's word, write it down, think it, confess it, and believe it. When I'm stressed out, when I feel powerless, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because he is what I need. In him, I find strength and comfort. I'm gonna write it down, I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna speak it over my life until I believe it. Maybe you struggle with anxiety and worry. I'll write this down. Because of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna confess it until I believe it. I'm creating new neural pathways. I am renewing my mind with the truth of God's word. That's what we're gonna do today. Remember, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What is it for you? Let's fixate on God's word. Here's what I wanna do today as we get ready to wrap up here in just a minute and have communion together. As as a friend, as a pastor, as a bishop, I'd like to speak some things over you. Maybe you've had words spoken over you. Maybe those traumatic experiences that seared some wrong message into your mind. What I wanna do today is to speak some truth over you. Speak the truth of God's word over you. Begin to create some new neural pathways to help assist you on in, in renewing your mind. Would you guys receive that from me today and allow me just to speak those things over you as a church? as families, as individuals. And I want you to position your heart to receive from the Lord as we do this. Just like, you know, just like that girl who somebody walking out of her life in anger said some things to her and created this thing that she struggled with in her identity. Let me speak some words over you that do just the opposite. Receive it. Would you just stand just position your hearts, posture your hearts just to receive this. And then we'll come into communion together in just a moment. 
This is just all straight out of the word of God. It's the truth of God's word. Making every wrong thought obedient to Christ. Just, if you have to close your eyes so that you can just hear it, so that you're not distracted, just receive this from the Lord. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that weighs Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. And he says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart and guards your mind and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from God's love, not death, not demons, not the present nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's in his name I speak this over you, amen. Amen, amen, God is good. Thank you guys for letting me be here with you today. You guys can be seated and let's just stay in this attitude of surrender as we come to communion together. Let's give him another hand. Thank you, Bishop John. I'm gonna invite our ushers at this time to get ready to, um, to pass the communion. You know, this time of communion is that time when we um, just remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. The Bible says that he came to give us life and to give us life to the full, and that was accomplished by the sacrifice that he made there. So some other great words that come from Paul, he says that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. Um, so we do always take a moment in our service at this time to just pause and reflect on the message, reflect on those things that God has maybe been speaking to your own heart this morning as, as Sean has been sharing see if there's anything inside of us that we just need to get right before we actually um, participate in the bread and the wine this morning. Um, so with that in mind, would you bow your heads with me today? And we're gonna pray. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, in obedience to the scriptures, we pause now to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, by what we've done or by what we've left undone, if we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us. Forgive us all of our sins and strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life so that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Now, as our heads are still bowed, if you're new to faith, 
or you've just never really experienced God's saving grace in your life, if the idea of fixating on God's word and transforming your mind is new to you, but you feel a hunger for it, I want to encourage you right now to just quietly in your own words, ask Jesus to forgive you, invite him to come into your life and to make his word real to you. Amen.